And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we're back for another episode of the Startup Hustle. This is your host today, Matt Watson. Today, we're going to be talking about video marketing and AI. We have the founder and CEO with us today, Vikram Chalana, and his company, Pictory. I was just playing around with it before we started the podcast today, and it's it's pretty cool. It it automatically created some videos for me with with AI. It's it's pretty pretty cool stuff. So we're going to talk all about his company and his uh, entrepreneurship journey here. Before we get started, I do want to remind everybody that today's episode of Startup Puzzle is powered by FullScale.io, which is our company. Hiring software developers is difficult, but FullScale can help you build a software team quickly and affordably. We have the platform to help you manage that team. Visit FullScale.io to learn more. Vikram, welcome to the show, man. Hey, man. It's great to be here. Thank you. Uh, I'm excited to learn more about your product. It, it looked pretty cool. I, I went in and um, it had a bunch of different options. And I just put my blog post URL in there. And then magically, I got a video out of it. So it was, it was pretty cool stuff. But um, before we talk about that, I'd love to learn a little more about your, your journey before. And um, were you an entrepreneur before? Or is, is Pictory your first, first leap into entrepreneurship? No, this is my third time around. So uh, I'm what they call a serial entrepreneur. And uh, so, it's yeah, a disease. There, it's that. a disease. Once you start, you can't stop. <laughs> that is right. That's exactly right. <laughs> I actually compare it. There, there's this uh, famous uh, uh, meme, the hero's journey, right? So I compare the entrepreneur's journey to a hero's journey because you get you get called into action, then you go into the battlefield, and then you do all kinds of adventures, and then you come back and there's uh you can't just sit still anymore you gotta, gotta do that again so we have like sixth or seventh star wars because of that same reason i don't know i feel like we get the shit kicked out of us along the way and for some reason we come back for more i don't understand <laughs> <laughs> so what what did you do before this so my uh startup before this was uh a company that was in the enterprise software space and uh we we had a tool that connected SAP with Microsoft. So completely okay. different, something very, very IT oriented. But the, the general theme of all the startups that I've done is the idea of making something that was really hard before or you needed experts before and making it easy for non-experts. So in that case, it was you had to go to your IT team, you had to find your programmers to connect SAP with Microsoft. We allowed excel users to do that okay um with pictory the journey is like you needed your videographers designers to create videos but now you can do it yourself any marketer can do it so how was it you were the one of the founders cto chairman it says here of wind shuttle one of your last companies for a very long time um how was it jumping into the the brand new startup again after after a very long time and i'm sure what felt a little more like cor the corporate world after all those years what's it like jumping right back into the startup world yeah it got to about 350 people and uh 
it was it was like a corporate world and and I was getting really bored at meetings after meetings and decision making process being very slow and and I really wanted to get my hands ready again um and so after we sold that I was like okay took 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 some time off and that didn't suit me um my blood pressure rose and I just couldn't couldn't handle it so I had to get back into something and uh and this this was awesome I think the um two things two things kind of I recommend any entrepreneur but also my own learning redoing it again coming into a new field I didn't know anything about videos coming in I knew something about AI I had done that before but I didn't know anything about videos so there were two advantages I felt I had coming into a brand new field one was you don't know what's impossible so that's a huge advantage you don't know the upper limits of what what you can't do um and the second thing is you come in there with a sense of humility and a growth mindset that, hey, I'm going to learn this field. I don't know anything about this. I'm going to figure this out as I go. And, uh, and so you, you come in there and, and you really are able to grow and, and learn and, uh, and not have the arrogance about, oh, I've done this before. But because every market is different, every customer different, every product different. So, uh, so it, it really is an advantage to come into anything with that growth mindset. Well, and that's one of the hard parts of working in the corporate world too, is everybody just wants to do things because that's the way it's always been done. And like, I don't know, you know, so many years ago, somebody decided we can only do this and we can only do that. Right. And then everybody just keeps doing the same perpetual things. And then somebody like you comes along and you're like, oh, screw all this. Let's try something different. You know, we don't have those limits. We're going to blast past them. Right. And then people potentially look at you like you're crazy because you're like, why would you do that? We've always done it this way. But that that's the part of the problem of, of corporate world and being able to go out and just do whatever you want. And there's no limits. And, and um, if everybody says, no, you can still try it. Maybe you're crazy, but you still try it. And sometimes we're wildly successful, right? So for this, for this new company, did you have some other co-founders or how, how, and how did you come up with the original idea? Was there, was there like a certain inspiration for this idea originally or? Yeah, both. So I have co-founders. Uh, my, I have two other co-founders in Pictory. Uh, one of my co-founders was actually a co-founder with me at Windshuttle. So okay. we both started Windshuttle together. So that was like, there was a relationship there. Actually, he's my brother. So there was a long-term relationship. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the second co-founder was also somebody we had worked uh, with at Windshuttle. He was one of our first product managers. So uh, it's somebody I really liked. So that was, my, that was the cool thing about a second time journey is you can go and pick some of the best people you worked with in the yeah. past and, yeah, yeah. and you can kind of bring them on. And, and that's, that's been a fun ride in the beginning that that was the team that we found was people we'd worked with before. And, and we found the best ones and, and convinced them to come work with us. The, where the, where we saw the, the problem and how we kind of thought about this in the very beginning was, um, so we had this 350 person company, Windshuttle. And uh, one of the things I saw was we had only one person who was good at making videos. Actually, who was trained at make, making videos. Her job was a designer and, uh, and she was in marketing and everybody would be going to her for videos because something has shifted in the last 10 years. We went from text in Twitter to Instagram images to videos on TikTok, right? It's just, there's been a shift to videos 
and everybody was feeling the shift and everybody wanted videos, whether you're in sales, whether you're in marketing, whether you're in product, HR, everybody wanted videos. So everybody was going to uh, this person and and she was getting overloaded. And and I try, I, I would go for, with video requests to her, but um, I was like, okay, I, I have to try and doing it, my, try to do it myself. And I tried picking up some of the tools. She was the Adobe Premiere user. I picked up Adobe Premiere. I was like, this is too hard, man. Then I picked up Camtasia. Oh my gosh, the timeline. I couldn't deal with timelines. Um, so it was, and I'm not a, I'm, I'm like, I'm a reasonably smart person. I was like, okay, I should be able to figure it out. And I couldn't. So I was like, there has to be a better way to do videos. And and we saw what Canva was doing with design mm-hmm. and making yep. anybody into a designer. And we saw all this, the AI. So this was 2019. This was even long time before chat GPT. But there was a bunch of AI stuff coming out that that looked very promising. So we said, okay, maybe we can do Canva for video with AI in the mix and make it even easier and and uh, and very uh, very fun as an experience. That's kind of what we the, the journey starting so, the journey. So when you started this in 2019, that was way before you know AI and you know, AI has been around for a long time, but like generative AI and chat GBT and all that stuff, it's all the rage over the last year or so. So what was it like trying to do this in 2019, you know, compared to today? Like when you first started doing this, was it much more difficult with the current AI models or what, what was that like? Um, yeah. So, so some of the things we were trying to do then, it was touching the barriers of what what was possible in 2019 with AI. And, and it was like, people had said, summarizing text is, is a hard problem. And there were some papers that I read and I was like, you know, this is not good enough. We tried some of the open source models at that time. We started some, tried some of the, some of the, the latest and the greatest and wasn't good enough, right? Now with chat GPT, summarization is like table stakes. It's like the best, the easiest. Crazy, thing. crazy how it changed. Yeah. And so, so yeah, so it has it has changed a lot, and and we have really good models right now. Uh, we have good access to open source tools. We have everything has kind of changed in the last um, four years, and we're trying to we're trying to Im, Im, incorporate those models into our into our application as well. Well, so I guess part of my question is: so your product, say two years ago, was there a lot of features and functions it didn't do? And then all of a sudden, when ChatGPT came out, you used it to like dramatically improve all that stuff, or was some of it you were doing before, but maybe not quite as well, or whatever. But but how did, did you guys quickly jump on ChatGPT when it came out? Uh, so uh, there's two answers, two parts to that answer. That's a good question. Um, so we did have some AI tools. It was just not as good. Now yeah. it's gotten much better. So that's one. Um, the second thing is we're still we're still updating our product to use ChatGPT, so okay. it's still not fully baked in yet. We have some parts of it that use use the the large language models, some parts that still we're working on. So as an example, the the part you just talked about blogs to videos, it's right. still using our old blog summarization algorithm. Okay, so it's not as good. But if I the 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 stuff that will come in the future, we'll use the LLM based summarization, it's going to be much better. Um, but chat GPT has had a huge impact on our business. And because uh, one of our, one of our core use cases is where you can start from script and make a video out of that script. So you started with a blog in your, in your uh-huh. example, 
but you can just if you have some some story that you want to tell you can just write that script and and create a video from that so when chat gpt came out it reduced the barriers for people to create that script because script creation or writing the script there were people would kind of sit through writer's block about what how do i write this and uh, and then some of our customers created this these videos that hey use chat gpt to create your video script put it into pictory and create a video and create a youtube channel a faceless youtube channel this way and some of those videos uh, went viral and uh, and with like tens of millions of views and uh, uh, and our business just took off uh, since chat gpt came out and since those videos went viral so so we've grown 10x since since chat gpt came out which was only about 9 months ago well, and I think my, so my first company was automotive CRM related software. And, you know, when 2008, 2009 recession came out, um, that was actually a huge boom for us. And part of it was everybody went, moved to digital marketing. So like the whole market shifted that way. And we were just in the right place at the right time. We had done all the hard work up until then, like we were nobody. And then all of a sudden we were, we were the thing. Right. And and I feel like there's companies like yours, Jasper, and some others that probably they were doing AI-related stuff. Maybe not a lot of people knew who they were, but then ChatGPT kind of created more market, more interest, and all that. And you're like, hey, we've been here doing this. We have the solution, right? Like, I'm sure that, you know, the market moved to you in some ways, right? And all of a sudden, you're like, hey, we have a product. We have a solution. We're ready to go. That's exactly right. I mean, and I, I, I use that phrase all the time, being at the right place at the right time. Yeah. That, was, that was exactly it. So, so I, it's luck, call it whatever, you were, you were ready by then. And, yeah. uh, and so it was, yeah, it's been a good ride. Well, and I'm sure you have other competitors out there that are, are maybe trying to do the same things, but you're four years ahead of them right? Like they're, they're trying to start from, from scratch. And, and that's the point is like you, you were ready for that big influx and uh, kudos to you for, for seeing the future, you know, three years ahead of, of where chat GPT came out. So. Yeah. It's luck. I mean, I, I still think the problem is unsolved. That problem of videos in content marketing, using, making videos easy. That's still like, we still have a journey ahead of us. <laughs> Yeah. So what, what are some of the most common use cases that people use your, your product for? Yeah. So I think the big one is for content marketing, right? Any company these days, like if you're not doing paid marketing, which mo- many people are, you're going to rely on building your content SEO and driving traffic to your website in that way. So uh, content marketing involves a lot of writing, a lot of written content. But we are saying you should add videos to your content marketing too. So whether you're writing a blog, I have a video in there. Whether you're creating social media posts, add videos in there. So make video a key part of your content marketing strategy. And, uh, and that's, that's one, those are, those are two core use cases, right? You can take a script, convert that to a video. You can take a blog, convert that to a video, add the video to the blog page, and, and you have something. So that's, two use cases. The third one is where you might, might have a recorded content. So a lot of people have webinars that they record or like this, this podcast, podcast yeah. video podcast they record. And, uh, and we can start with that. We can help make the editing of the, the podcast or the, the video webinar very easy. Uh, we use AI 
using we transcribe the webinar and then you can use text to edit the webinar okay uh, you've probably seen tools like Descript and, and yes. the like and, and just makes it very easy so we have similar things and we've also added uh, ai capabilities to summarize that that in so you say okay 45 minute podcast that we we recorded we can can you create a five minute trailer of it and and we pick out the best five minutes in that uh, and again using using llms using ai to kind of help figure out filter out the best five minutes of that of that podcast and the output yeah. is is a, is a video, vid- is a video. Uh, so it would be the snippets of you and i in our video right now exactly yeah, you just exactly. might got a, you just might have uh, got a customer. How much am I going to have to pay you for that? <laughs> it's 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 not that expensive. It's not that expensive. Yeah. Well, look out, everybody! That might be the future of the Startup Hustle podcast, right there. We <laughs> we need an easy way to do that. That would be phenomenal. I'm yeah. excited now. I learned something new today. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And I, so again, going back, like that could be anybody right i mean you're a podcaster you're a professor you're you're creating a lot of videos uh, but most companies are sitting on a lot of videos they have a lot of thought leadership content that they've created that they just haven't figured out how to repurpose it yet and this gives you a way to repurpose it for for social oh yeah for youtube i like like that's the other thing that is under utilized in the business world is youtube youtube is the second biggest search engine um, and businesses don't use it that much. Um, so I like every business should have a YouTube channel and uh, use Pictory or other tools to create content for that. Just keep feeding content into the YouTube channel. Um, you're going to get new traffic to your website. I love it. And I um, YouTube has always been a little bit of a mystery to me. I've, I've tried doing some stuff with YouTube and I get like zero views. <laughs> And like like a lot of this stuff, you've got to put a lot of effort into it. And, you know, if, if your platform can more easily help create those videos and create, you know, some something that people will watch and, and quality content out of it, that would be awesome. Like being able to automatically edit this and then distill it down to something would be super, super valuable. Well, I do want to remind everybody that finding expert software developers doesn't have to be difficult, especially when you visit FullScale.io, where you can build a software team quickly and affordably. Use the FullScale platform to define your technical needs and see what developers are available to join your team today. That's our company. Be sure to check it out, FullScale.io. So, you know, Vikram, you used to be a a CTO. Um, Do you do any software development anymore? No, it's been a while that I wrote code, but uh, I I don't... I don't miss it. I mean, it's different scales, different stages of a company. You do different things. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Right now I'm in the company building phase. So are you, um, are you still involved in the technology at all? The product side of it? Like you still, you know, go, you know, going back maybe to the old days of like trying to be somewhat involved or are you just totally, I am, I'm, no, you know, I'm always involved. I think, uh, okay. I, as a, I would say now it's more chief test officer. <laughs> so <laughs> product, it's, it's more product, the right? New releases and making sure that the product features are are how customers want it. So, because I talk to a lot of customers and and yeah, that feedback to the team. Yeah, it's it's like being the head chef that still got to taste test things every once in a while, right? You're like, exactly. okay, I got all these great chefs in the kitchen, but I still got to make sure they did it the right way. Yeah, you know we. Yeah. When you're when you're in charge of product, you you end up inevitably being in charge of QA because you're the final 
<laughs> the final approval of this thing. Yeah, the say off. Yeah, sign off. So when you when you started this new company, how did you build your development team? Did you did you were it part of your team developers, or you just hire developers, or how how did you do that part of it? Um, so some of the people we brought on the team were people we worked with in the past. Um, these were our great engineers from our wind shuttle days. So we hired okay. them and, and brought them on. But then we, in early stages, we, we brought on some consultants to help build some the, the MVP and stuff. And then we started hiring our own team. Uh, and uh, now we have an um, engineering team in India, in the US, it's a mix of, of uh, locations. And, okay. Uh, um, but yeah, it's, it's a big part of all the manager's job. So my CTO spends a lot of time in hiring and finding the right engineers and, and, uh, and designers, QA people, all, all the roles. Well, I imagine hiring AI, AI talent, especially four years ago, was super difficult. I mean, today it's a little easier if you're using ChatGPT's API and whatever. I feel like that's the easy button compared to what you had to do four years ago. Yeah, if you want AI talent today, it's a challenge. I mean, you're and we're in Seattle, so it's really hot here. The market and and everybody's Microsoft wants all that talent, and Amazon wants all that talent. But yeah. fortunately, because of the slowdown a little bit earlier this year, uh, we we are able to recruit some some good people here. So, do you, is your guys um, are you guys remote or your office in in the Washington area there? Or? No, we're fully remote, and uh, it's a decision we made very early on, which has enabled us to kind of hire people all over the globe. Yeah. I'm super excited about interviewing a customer success head in Ukraine tomorrow, and uh, we have uh, we have a product manager in Nigeria. We have so it's it, we've we've kind of been able to find talent everywhere in the world. Well, and. As you can imagine from like our company, full scale, we, we have 300 employees in the Philippines. And um, I have to remind people all the time, especially in IT, 90% of software developers are not in the United States. And so, you know, if you're only hiring United States, you're, you're greatly narrowing your, you know, the talent pool. So um, it's definitely a, a global market. And I'm sure a product like yours is, is probably used globally too, right? You probably have customers outside the U.S.? Oh, yeah, yeah. We have half our customers are outside the U.S. So, yeah, and absolutely. And half our team is outside the U.S. too. So, so it's, yeah, it's, uh, it's the nature of the world. Small multinationals. Yeah. So my, my previous uh, SaaS company that I started was called Stackify. And um, we had customers in like 60 different countries. And it was always super amazing just to learn what our customers did. You know, it'd be like the largest you know, real estate website in South Africa or a bike rental service in Brazil or whatever. It'd be like all these weird companies. And I just always love the stories of all the different companies, what they did from all around the world. I just, you know, always thought it was, was fascinating. So did you, did you trans, did you localize the product? Did you have different languages? No, we didn't because our customer base, you know, was, was software developers who almost always are fluent in English. Um, we, we did notice there was a few countries, like, I think it was like Spain and France and, and a few others where, um, even there, the developers were not as fluent in English, um, in certain countries, but we, uh, we had customers all over the place and mostly where English was even, you know, more prevalent, but it's, you know, English is usually the language of it. So for us, yeah. yeah. how do our you guys deal with that? Also, yeah. Our product is today English only. 
But okay. we do get a lot of requests because, as I mentioned, customers are everywhere. So um, not necessarily the UI, but they want to see languages that that are narration languages being in different uh, yeah uh, in different languages. Right now, it's only English or or even our AI summarization that I talked about, or we have a search which searches through the through the stock content. All that they want to be able to work in multiple languages, and yeah. we haven't we haven't enabled it yet. So, but it's it's coming. Well, and you have some markets around the world, like the Philippines, where you know they also mostly speak English, or it's uh, you know their own flavor, broken English, mix of English and their local dialect. You know, and um, it's uh, I'm sure there's a lot of people around the world that probably use the tool in all these weird ways. You don't even know. <laughs> Yeah, no, no. We are always surprised. Yeah, yeah. I saw I saw somebody posting videos on our community page of uh, Persian videos. So they obviously recorded their own voiceover in Persian, and they had. Uh, and of course, we they can type the script in in Persian. So the captions were showing in Persian. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they they had yeah they had created a video for them. For their well, country. back to your original use case, right? It's like how do we make it easy to make videos? Even if the generative AI doesn't do, you know, quite everything it could do without that language support, but you know, it sounds like it still works as a video editor for other use cases. So that's awesome. Exactly. So what what do you um, what is the pricing of your of your product? The pricing is pretty straightforward. Uh, it ranges from about twenty dollars a month to about hundred dollars a month, depending on whether you're getting how many users you got, how many videos you want. And those are the two main factors. And, uh, um, and yeah, it's, so it's pretty, it's pretty straightforward. Um, okay. And yeah, we have a lot of, lot of customers in that they, they'll buy our premium plan. That's our most popular one, which is about $40 a month. Have you had any crazy customers yet that come in and try and use like your product to do a million videos and some kind of crazy stuff like that? Have you run into that yet? In the beginning, we had unlimited number of videos, and we did see that, and that just caused our AWS bills to just spike <laughs> up. And yeah. uh, so then we had to put a limit on the number of videos that people could do on every plan. So yes, uh, so we that that is everybody. Every system will get abused in one way or the other. Oh yes, I I always say um, somebody ruins it for everybody, right? It's like that's with everything in life, like. Everybody can wear flip-flops at work until somebody trips down the stairs wearing flip-flops and are like, no more flip-flops at work, right? Like that is, <laughs> that's yes. always the way it works. And especially tools like yours, you you get somebody that thinks they're like, I'm going to flood YouTube with all these videos and be a billionaire by using your tool to create all these videos or whatever. Like somebody has yeah. some crazy idea. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And with chat GPT, that became easier. And that, that was kind of the, one of the things I was worried about is like all the spammy videos that people yeah. create. They don't have anything to tell, but they'll just like use chat GPT to write a script. And um, fortunately we didn't see that happen, but I'm sure a lot of people tried it. And YouTube oh, is yeah. also smart to filter it out and, and, and not monetize those videos. Yeah. So there's some pretty inventive, um, almost sort of crazy people out there that do these different things. So, um, what other tips do you have out there for people that, um, in regards to video marketing, like, um, you know, thinking, oh, I should be doing video marketing. How could I use video marketing? Do you have any tips around video marketing and needing to jump on the train for that? Yeah. So I think the main thing, uh, as I mentioned, is is 
getting started, think about, so I, I, I talk about this idea of high frequency videos versus high fidelity videos. So we often get stuck in this idea that, hey, if you're gonna create a video, you have to get a crew and, and recording staff and actors and all that stuff. And, and that's what people think of when they think of videos. But, but there's diff many ways to create video. And, and the important thing is to create them at a, at a good frequency. So you talked about your YouTube channel and, uh, and how you weren't getting enough views. But I think the, the trick is just to keep doing it over and over again, right? Often enough. Uh, in social media, the same thing. I mean, your, if you post something on LinkedIn or, or Facebook or Twitter, the likelihood of, that, that I'll see it if I'm connected to you is actually very low. It's like 5% of your posts may be seen by, 5% of your followers may see a single post that you make. And uh, so the, the key again is frequency. Just keep keep posting stuff at, at high frequency and, and it will get seen uh, by, by people you're connected to. Well, and all the platforms do that because they don't want you to get exhausted by a certain person, right? Like I don't want to log into TikTok or Facebook or whatever it is. And every single day, my whole feed is nothing but your content, right? Like yep. people want variety and, and to keep them coming back. So um, that, I mean, we, that's one of the things that, you know, TikTok mastered and why TikTok, you know, has become so big is they, they mastered that algorithm of, you know, a, a creator like us could go create that video and potentially get thousands of views versus if you post on Instagram and it only show to your hundred friends. So at most you're going to get like 20 views or something. You have like a very small market. So that, that was the big game changer for TikTok, right? Is, you know, anybody all of a sudden could get a much broader audience and the videos yeah. that I did, that's, that's what I saw on YouTube. I'd get almost no views, but on TikTok, I got lots of views and on Instagram, Instagram's reels, I got some, yeah. but um, it's those algorithms the newer algorithms that are pushing like new and unique content to people uh, really helps. And it seems to find the right, the right, you know, fan base eventually. So, and which is kind of my other tip. I mean, you gave this tip, but, but uh, it's try different channels, right? That's the other thing. It's like your videos may work really well on one channel and not not so well on, on another channel but but try multiple channels post your videos on on all of them and then follow the successes well um, and that's part of the the challenge with video marketing too right is you've got content that you could be doing that's kind of top of the funnel awareness but then maybe you post that on tiktok or something but then maybe on Instagram or LinkedIn, you have, you know, it's a little more middle bottom of the funnel maybe, and maybe you create almost different content for those that, um, is different is, is from what I saw from my experience. Yeah. And, and YouTube maybe for like training videos and stuff like that, where your customers after they become a customer and they might, they might. So yeah, different, different channels will have different, uh, types of content depending on the, on the business you're in. But yeah, I think, and and the other the other key advice is repurpose, right? Repurpose as much as possible. So take that long video, make short out of it. Create the take the blog, create video out of it. Just just repurpose your content. Well, I we do this podcast uh, four days a week, um, five days a week, sometimes four or five days a week, and so it's a lot of content, you know, video every day like this, and we don't do the best job of repurposing it. Um, that's something we need to do a better job of. So I'm actually really excited to try your guys' product for the video part of that. Um, how long of a video can you upload? 
can you upload an hour long video oh yeah 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 you can upload about two uh, up to two hour long videos so can i can i upload like a hollywood movie and uh, it gives me the recap of the movie <laughs> i haven't tried a movie yet but I, that's that was not the like the use case the use case was more webinars and podcasts and stuff you never know. I told you people are crazy. Somebody like me is going to be like, I'm uploading all the Star Wars movies. Let's see what it does. <laughs> but it works. It works best with spoken content. Um, movies have a lot of like yeah, gaps yeah. and music and, and pauses and stuff. So it, it may not be awesome for that. But in a, in, a, in a setting like this where we're talking, there's a lot of spoken content and there's a lot of uh, material for the AI to, to tune into. Well, that is awesome, man. Um, I do remind everybody, if you need to hire software engineers, testers, or leaders, FullScale can help. We have the platform and the people to help you build and manage a team of experts. When you visit FullScale, all you need to do is answer a few questions and let our platform match you up with our fully vetted, highly experienced team of engineers. At FullScale, we specialize in building a long-term team that works only for you. Well, as we... Um, start to round out the show today. I'm curious, do you have any other tips as a serial entrepreneur? Um, what, are, what are the kind of tips you have for those that are, that are listening out there? I think the biggest thing, and I like, there are two schools of thought on this about launching products and building companies. One is, you know, you, you only get one shot. That's the one school of thought. Another school of thought is, launch often and early and i'm on the i'm on the on the side of launch often and launch early if you've uh, if you're not embarrassed by the first version of the product you've launched you waited too long and uh, and so that's kind of my my general philosophy in in building companies is products don't get built in the lab they get built in the market so just get it out there just get your feedback from the customers improve iterate 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 and uh, and that's I mean that's my there's no rocket science to it. This is people have talked about it in Lean Startup and other other books and and just uh, just that's the advice. That's the one one parting thought uh, for you here. Well, and one thing I always say is you you need to focus on being best known, not having the best product. You know, and then it's easy to be in the lab and you're like trying to have the best product there is and you never go tell anybody about it. Right. And so eventually you've got to get out of that mode and be like, the job is to go tell everyone there is about it. And then we'll fix the shit that needs to be fixed along the way. Right. We just, we got to focus on telling everybody. That's you know? it. That's it. And, and perfect can become the enemy of good. There's so oh, yeah. many uh, <laughs> yeah, sayings about this, but yeah, that's exactly it. Did you have any of those moments with, with your new company where, once you launch, you're like, oh, we, we're getting a lot of this feedback and we you know, had to make some changes. Did, did you have some of those, those moments All the along time, the way? We still have it. We still have it. It's, uh, we're still improving the product. We're still, I'm still embarrassed about parts of the product. <laughs> like this, this can still use a lot of improvement. So yeah, and, and we've had like phases of uh, growth where we suddenly acquired a lot of users and we got a lot of feedback and, and then we had to, spend a bunch of time fixing things. Uh, and then, then by the time we stabilize, we got another growth phase. And then, so, so we've had, we've had multiple rounds of it in the last couple of years. Well, something else I wanted to ask you about that I'm sure is interesting, you know, from your wind shuttle days, 
you were selling an enterprise product. You probably are, you probably knew who used SAP and it was probably pretty easy to identify those clients and go sell to them versus having a product like this where you're selling for 20 to $100 a month. Like you can't really afford to have salespeople. So was that the hardest thing for you is, is figuring out the go-to-market strategy of this company? It's hard. It, it was hard because we were starting, when we started out, we were like, okay, we'll sell to the enterprises. We're going to try and build something for marketing teams that, that will try to uh, go to larger companies. And that's the approach. That was the first default approach that we took. But we weren't getting traction there because marketing teams at large companies have agency relationships. They, they, they have agencies built videos for them. They don't want new tools. Our videos were not like the fit and function that they wanted to see. So, so we're like, okay, this is not going to work. We have to figure out other, other channels of, of going to market. So we, so, so part of product market fit is also finding the right channel, right? Yeah. As, so, so we found, we found some good channels. We found, we found that our, an affiliate channel that works really well uh, to acquire SMB type customers, which is what we have. And, uh, um, and so, so yeah, it's uh, iterating, iterating, iterating until you find the right, the, the right market for which your product is ready. Well, can you tell us a little more about that? Cause I'm sure there's a lot of people that are listening. They're like, Oh, I've thought about working with affiliates before. Can you tell us a little more about like how that works for you and how that, why that channel works for you? Yeah. So actually the, um, um, the first time we launched, uh, we, uh, when we discovered that this is our market for us was when we launched it on, uh, on a platform called AppSumo. Uh, uh-huh. If you've heard of it, yeah. it's, it's where people sell lifetime deals and there's a lot of people who buy from and look for deals there. And yeah. so for marketing technologies, for, for things that are, you know, lower priced items, it's a great place to build a starting presence and, and, and starting market. So we launched it there. It was one of the most successful launches for AppSumo that year, it was 2021. We went from like 50 paying customers to 5,000 paying customers in a month. Wow. Um, and, uh, and it was, so that was one of those, phases where we had to really iterate and improve the product and um, scale up the servers. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. We're doing, we're doing that a lot. And uh, then we, um, that's when we started tapping into several people who came in and said, Hey, we would love to sell your product to my, to our audiences. Okay. So, so we said, okay, this, uh, we can try it. So we uh, signed up with an affiliate uh, system that, so we can track all those things. Okay. And, uh, um, and we were we were happy to give those people a, a percent of revenue, uh, and uh, it worked. It, it's worked really well. It's still our biggest channel. Half our business comes through through that channel, okay, uh, through affiliates, and it's almost like an extension of your customers telling other customers. So we even made it very easy that any customer could sign up to become an affiliate, and they could tell their their friends and, and get a little bit of discount on it. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate having you on the show on the show today, and um, it's a great story. I love I love the product, and I'm I'm definitely going to tell our podcast team like, hey, we need to look at this thing because <laughs> it might really help us for what what we're trying to do. So awesome! And I have a special offer for the podcast listeners if they want to try it. I mean, there's a free trial that you can just go and and uh, go to pictory.ai and try it. And if you like the product and you want to purchase it. We have a coupon code called pod, podcast25. 
podcast all uppercase with 25 you get a 25% discount for life on any of our plans wow hold on i'm going to write this down podcast 25 okay any other uh parting thoughts before we wrap up the show um i think um because your listeners are startup people entrepreneurs um the one thing i love the the one phrase that I I co-opted from Nike because I really like it, the just do it, just do it. Sometimes we just let so many things get in the way of doing things. And, uh, and in the startup world, it's more important than anywhere else. All right. Well, again, everybody, this was Vikram Shalana and his company is Pictory.ai. That's P-I-C-T-O-R-Y.ai. Check it out. Go make some cool videos. I love it. Awesome. Thank you, Matt. All right. Thank you. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time.